Today, the New England Patriots suffer one of the most heartbreaking losses in franchise history. I will tell you their Super Bowl chances after Sunday's loss to the Dolphins. Then, I will explain why you should still be skeptical about the Cowboys despite their five-game winning streak. And finally, should grown adults be sifting through Heisman Trophy winners' tweets from when they were 14 years old? The answer will not surprise you. I'm Brad Whitaker. This is Whitaker Sports. Welcome to the show. It's new. I hope you're entertained. I was certainly entertained during many of Sunday's games and as a Patriots fan was very excited to see the Pats take a five-point lead with just a few seconds left in the game while the Baltimore Ravens held on to a seven-point lead on the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs. Once again, it looked like the Patriots were going to sweep through the month of December, claim home field advantage, owning the tiebreaker against the Chiefs, thus positioning themselves for another run to the Super Bowl. And then this happened. Tannehill will throw it. And this will end it after the shovel. Or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Gronkowski didn't have the ankle! Touchdown! Oh, Kenyon Drake! A miracle! Now, I know there is a lot of blame going around. Belichick probably shouldn't have put Gronk in at safety when a Hail Mary was unlikely from that distance. J.C. Jackson fell asleep when he probably could have made a tackle on Kenyon Drake. And the Patriots' defense looked like they were more concerned about heading to the locker room and celebrating rather than stopping Miami. So clearly, this is the end of the dynasty. Belichick is overrated and Brady is just a system QB. I'm just kidding. But Sunday's result might have cost the Patriots another trip to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs still have the Chargers coming up on Thursday and a road game at Seattle, arguably the two hottest teams in football. There is a real chance they lose one of those games, but probably not two, meaning the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC will likely have to go through Arrowhead Stadium. Luckily, the Texans and Steelers both lost on Sunday too, so New England is still in the driver's seat in terms of getting a first round bye. Assuming that happens, whomever they play in the divisional round, unless it's Baltimore, I think it's safe putting money on New England getting back to an AFC title game. But the Pats, particularly their defense, are not the same on the road as they are at home. It's not even close. Now, is Tom Brady capable of winning an AFC championship in Kansas City? Of course. But it will be arguably his biggest playoff challenge yet, and don't expect Patrick Mahomes and that offense to put up anything less than 40 points. All that said, here is where I think there is some hope for the Patriots. We know the Chiefs, historically, are not the same team in January as they are in September and October, but that was with Alex Smith at quarterback, not the unanimous league MVP. However, Baltimore nearly beat them on Sunday, and I believe if the playoff picture stays relatively the same, Kansas City will either have to face the Steelers in the divisional round, a team that's had a ton of success at Arrowhead, or because Pittsburgh has New England and New Orleans still on their schedule, the more likely opponent is the Baltimore Ravens again with a healthy Joe Flacco. If the Patriots do make it back to a Super Bowl, I think it's far more likely they get there because either a Pittsburgh or Baltimore pulls off an upset in Kansas City, setting up an AFC title game in Foxborough rather than the Patriots winning a night playoff game in Kansas City. Now, 
that would potentially set up a Baltimore New England AFC Championship, which as a Patriots fan does not make me comfortable judging from past experience, but I'd much rather that be the scenario than that Patriots defense going into Arrowhead and trying to win a game in late January. Okay, now on to a daily segment called Hot Takeaways. Here I'll go over the top news stories of the day and give you the key takeaway from each story, starting with the Dallas Cowboys who pulled out a 29-23 overtime victory over the Eagles, all but clinching the NFC East with just three games remaining. The Cowboys' newest receiver, Amari Cooper, racked up 10 catches for three touchdowns and 217 yards. Takeaway? The Cooper move might have been the greatest midseason trade in NFL history. That said, the game should not have been that close. The Cowboys had plenty of chances to put the game away, but Dak Prescott cannot hold on to the football. If Dallas can figure out the whole ball security thing, maybe I'll start taking them seriously as NFC contenders. Until then, don't expect the Cowboys to make a deep playoff run. Speaking of NFC contenders, the Chicago Bears and their defense look like the Denver Broncos of three seasons ago. They beat the LA Rams 16-5 on Sunday night thanks to that Khalil Mack-led pass rush that made Jared Goff look uncomfortable all night long. Takeaway, the Bears are legit, and LA teams, regardless of the sport, cannot play in cold weather. Luckily for the Rams, their path to the Super Bowl will likely be in domes and warm weather cities, so don't panic just yet. The man who ultimately pulled the trigger on trading Khalil Mack to the Bears and Amari Cooper to the Cowboys, Reggie McKenzie, is officially out as general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Shocker there. Takeaway, the Raiders are officially John Gruden's team. If he weren't being held accountable after signing a 10-year contract, he certainly will be now. But Raiders fans finally have a reason to be excited about Gruden as their head coach. He pulled off his biggest win of the season, defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers at home 24-21 to pick up just their third win of the season. Takeaway, this wasn't about the Steelers, it's about the, this wasn't about the Raiders, it's all about the Steelers. As always, Pittsburgh was more concerned about playing the Patriots in Week 15 rather than defeating the team right in front of them. You can always count on Pittsburgh to play their opponents close, whether it's the best team in the NFL or a team that officially started tanking eight weeks ago. Finally, Oklahoma's Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy over the weekend, beating out Alabama's Tua Tagovailoa and Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins. But shortly after the greatest moment in his young life, homophobic tweets from when Murray was 14 years old surfaced on the internet. And by surfaced, I mean a few grown men from USA Today scrolled through his Twitter feed for two hours until they could find something they could pretend to be upset about. Takeaway, were the tweets a good look? Obviously not. Should we give leeway to Murray who used the Q word on Twitter fresh out of middle school? No! We must demand perfection from our college athletes even if it's eight years before they become college athletes. Parents, if your child engages in wrong think, I don't care if he or she is six years old, they should no longer be allowed to play college sports, Run, run for political office, use social media, or even get a job. I want all of our college athletes to be as pure as the editorial staff at USA Today, because that's truly what sports are all about. Okay, well I'm glad to have gotten that off my chest. I feel like I deserve an award, at the very least an ESPY. 
So I'm still trying to figure out the best way of wrapping up these shows. Probably the best way is to give a prediction, but please let me know if you have any ideas in the comments below. Tonight's game is a Monday night showdown between the Vikings and Seahawks in Seattle. Currently, the Seahawks are three-point favorites. I think that's too small. The Seahawks will win by more than that. They've won three in a row. Haven't lost a game all season by more than a touchdown. They're a much better team at home, and Minnesota lost to the Patriots last week. What happens to teams that just played the Patriots? They get crushed because Belichick finds their weakness and teams take advantage of it. Expect some, has Kirk Cousins been a disappointment, debate tomorrow morning. That's it for the show. I'll be back tomorrow to further explain why Kyler Murray should never be allowed to play football again because of something he tweeted when he was 14 years old. See you next time.